Hello everyone, the one called Fate knocks at your door. We're back with another grand episode of Tabletop Recap. I know we've had a lot of D&D episodes in a row, but we're a little obsessed and my life is a mess. Okay, first up we have the most powerful being in the universe. Big Boy Chunk is here. I have been falling. Oh my god! For that three audio spike. weeks straight. That audio spike. Holy crap! Don't do that again. <laughs> oh my goodness! It's like a thick blue block on a on audacity. <laughs> oh my lord! Uh, <laughs> Everyone is deaf now. And next we have the woman whose name is a slur, Karen, the manager slayer. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> And after the second that, most powerful being in the universe, <laughs> we have the god that fell from grace, and that's not Ace, Kami. Hi guys, <laughs> how's it going? Okay, so here we are. We finally did it. We said it was coming, and then four weeks later, it didn't happen. But now it's finally happening. The uh, the finale of the Theocracy. We finally finished this campaign. Uh, hopefully it'll lead on to a bigger cinematic universe, maybe some Netflix shows. Uh, an anime, maybe. Maybe an anime, yes. A couple of tie-in novels, maybe even some comic books. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. All about Gaddick, not the other two. No, no, no. Just kidding. Fate would easily be the most popular. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly the most destructive character in that universe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this is the episode you've all been waiting for. The episode... Where fate dies and then drops his dice in the middle of my sentence. Chungus had a bit of a premature roll there. But uh, yeah, you guys ready to roll for initiative to talk about today? Yee. 19. 19. I a three. Oh, Do we need to roll again? or mm, You guys I'm, can either roll against each other or pick who goes first. I don't care. I'm willing to seed since it's your campaign. I was about to say, let me flex that commie muscle and just do the setup and then we can pick up kind of like the way we've done before. Sure. Sounds gooch. So, once we last left off, uh, these chuckleheads here had just destroyed a bell, taken down uh, two towers from the uh, cathedral, murdered untold numbers of priests below. Yeah, I had flashbacks caused... from when I was like 10. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, caused panic in the streets, um, held a bishop captive, um, and somehow... Um, Gideon and Fate had managed to survive the collapse of the tower that they were standing on. They were standing on the roof of the cathedral, now mostly wrecked, um, and had to figure out uh, how to get out now that they had destroyed this shield locking the city in. And that's kind of where we left off. This was a grand session. <laughs> this We did our best roleplay yet in this session, I think. We handled everything well, except Fate, who... Well, I mean, you made it out. I, I, I'll just... I, I handled it as best as I could. Yeah, because... So what we did was we immediately got off the roof first. We used our ropes to get down. We just left Kraft there. I meant to say something intimidating to him, but I forgot because I had to lower somebody down. Because Sorry. Oliver was like, yeah, I'm going to climb down... The rope, and then Oliver fell on his butt. Losing <laughs> most of Oliver's remaining health. Almost, yeah. yeah, almost every time you tried to climb down today, you fell on your butt. Yeah. You had the second worst rolls out of everybody here. Yeah. Getting down was the problem, though, and it was ne never getting over the wall. It was getting off of the when wall. When it came to carrying the team, that's the only time I did good. <laughs> Literally. We'll get to that. Yeah, then I had to lower fate down because the rope fell, and then I had to come down. And it was pretty smooth sailing for me after that, to <laughs> be completely honest. <laughs> tell him what you uh, you said as you were lowering me down off the rope. <laughs> Lose some weight, which is the second time I told you that in this campaign. <laughs> and then, as a snarky remark, I look back up at him as he's slowly lowering me, my, lowering me down, and I say, Feel the weight of my sins! <laughs> <laughs> they oh, are Lord. multitude. But um, unfortunately, fate did not make a very stealthy entrance. Well, I um, tried; just didn't work. Yeah, Oliver and I slipped right into the crowd. But like, as, right in. as the cathedral was collapsing, all of the you know people living in the cathedral were panicking and running out. Those who are still alive, 
Um, and the guards were swarming to try and figure out what was happening. So, uh, Fate's descent grabbed a lot of attention. Yeah, a demon descending from out of nowhere in front of a burning church is usually not greeted with positive feelings. (laughs) Especially when he yells, feel the weight of my sins, as he descends upon the populace. Yeah, and people were rushing out of the church, and there were guards rushing around, and town folk rushing around, and it was a mess. But, uh... You think we should tell our stories like one at a time since they were all... Because we split up. There was a very organic party separation. I think that would work. That way we we can just make notes of like, okay, during this part, I was here, Oliver was there, and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and then uh, we can all just convene at the end where we actually all come back together. We should probably do mine first because you two guys meet up towards the end of your journey. Yeah, and your story was actually the most streamlined. Yeah, I, I like had no trouble almost at all. <laughs> I mean, your rolls were phenomenal tonight. I don't. Yeah. You didn't really roll below like an 18 when it mattered. I know. I rolled a 29 on stealth at some point. I'm pretty sure I should have just turned invisible. <laughs> For a moment. You do that? <laughs> Unfortunately, you did it in an area where yeah. nobody could appreciate your invisibility. Oh, but I do want to say my plan, my original plan, because I didn't know about the chain net that stopped people in the river. I didn't know about that. So the original plan I had was to get us all to the river, jump in, cast fog above, minor illusion over us, and then just float away. But uh, now I know that wouldn't have worked entirely. They were one step ahead of you because smugglers apparently tried that trick previously. <laughs> yeah, that exact trick. So, uh, me, I'm sneaking. All swag-like. Just through the crowd, no trouble. And then I go up on the wall between gates because the gates that are exiting are like packed with people. Uh, like Attack on Titan style, like you said earlier. Yeah, now that I think about it, the walls from the church to the other parts of the town actually remind me of Attack on Titan a little bit because they're all like layered on top of each mm-hmm. other. Yeah, there's titans in the walls. <laughs> but uh, what a twist! Dun, dun, dun. So I have like my grappling gauntlet. So I just go up and over these walls like super easily. I get on the bridge super easily. Cross into the slums super easily, like no, nothing even trying to stop me. And then I grapple up on top of the wall to get out of the city, and I like go up, and there's like two guards right on my left, <laughs> and they're like, "What you doing?" <laughs> I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to pass to you and let you describe this a little more because you did a great job playing the guards, and I loved it. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it was fun to, to play some characters like that, but um. Unfortunately, the the walls being 60 feet tall, you can't really see what's on top of them. So he grappling hooks his way up, and I gave him a moment to dictate whether this was going to turn into combat or RP. And, of course, he turned it to RP. I always choose RP. Rolled a 19 persuasion to, like, (laughs) diffuse the situation immediately. You just kind of said... Hey, what's up, guys? Hey. Oh, it's nuts down there, right, fellas? (laughs) (laughs) Like we're meeting at the water cooler or something? And, uh, of course, they were just completely nonplussed and were like, um, you can't be up here. Um, we're going to have to take you back down to the inside the walls. We're still in a lockdown, or we're going to have to throw you in jail. Like, you got to take your pick here, but one of these is going to happen. And I was like, how much? <laughs> one of them wasn't so into the idea. The other, on the other hand, was all for this. And he was like, whoa, hold on, Jerry. Now, hold- a man's freedom. What did you say? What was the price was- you said? Hold on, Jerry. Now, how much, what's the price of a man's freedom? <laughs> man's freedom is a worthwhile thing. Something like that. So, of course, you immediately were like, I'll give you 30 gold apiece. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Jerry was very much uh, into this idea at the moment. You started throwing around that kind of coin. Yeah. Well, but, uh, remember, because you got to remember, if you haven't listened to the other ones, my character is a former rich guy, so he automatically off. He's like really has no problem throwing money around. He or hasn't quite learned concept of wealth. Yeah, he hasn't learned the value of a gold piece yet. Exactly. So uh, they did bargain you up to fifty gold pieces, and you got away scot free. Yeah, because they were like fifty, and I was like forty, and then they went, "All right, get him." And I was like, "Whoa, okay." <laughs> <laughs> okay, fifty. Geez. I probably could have taken him to be completely honest, but the bloodshed was kind of. I kind of wanted to get out of it. Relatively okay. (laughs) I mean, I was low on health, anyways. I once again two guards. I think I could have done it, but why risk it? (laughs) You know, and I think that was a really good moment of 
Big Money Haver absolutely would have just been like, throw money at my problems yeah. until they go away. <laughs> I, I'm pretty good at I'm pretty good with this character. I think I do. A, I think I, not to slap my own stick, but I think I do a pretty good job. Yeah, it was pretty well done. But um, they just literally just you persuaded them to show you the door outside <laughs> yeah. the city. They just took you out and kicked you out. <laughs> and when I got out, they locked it behind me, sealed it with magic, and then I was swarmed by merchants. Four specifically. Tell I'll I'll, I'll pass it back to you because I'm I really loved my <laughs> banter with the merchants. So uh, this being a major trade city and it having gone on entire lockdown, a lot of people use the city as like a waypoint for travel, trade, and all that kind of stuff. So locking it down upset a lot of trade flow. So whole caravans and ships full of goods are trying desperately to get in the city and make money. Like they've been, you know, trying to complete those orders and get paid for it. And they can't. So the entire outside is crowded with caravans and wagons and all kinds of ships in the river. And they just want to get in and figure out what's going on uh, because they've just watched the uh, cathedral towers implode on themselves. <laughs> so there's some concern about uh, potential money-making prospects. And so they just... This is the first guy they've seen come out of the city in like two days. So they're like, what's going on? Yeah, I rolled some checks on them and I was like, bruh, do I look like a guard? I was, and I was doing a little deception. I was like, oh, I was trying to sneak past, but they kicked me out. <laughs> and three of them believed me. One of them called BS. Yeah, he came up to me and he was like, you're full of it, buddy. Tell me what's going on in there. And I was like, do you really want to know, my friend? Do you really absolutely want to know? Because I'll tell you, my friend, and you're not going to like it, my friend. Absolutely not. So, my friend. And I rolled insight to see if he would tell anybody, and he didn't care enough to tell anybody. He didn't care a lick about you. He's worried about his caravan and making yeah. money. Because he's got supplies going bad outside in his wagons, yeah. and he needs and they, to And they sell. saw the church collapse from out there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's a tiefling in there killing everybody, man. You need to leave. You're not going to make any money here. And then he gave me ten gold, and he was like... I sell food and clothes. I'm going to make a fortune when this thing's over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my um, Lord. Oh. And as a player who is controlling the said tiefling, this was... <laughs> I was not surprised. <laughs> just disappointed. Yeah, and that wasn't even a lie. I didn't even have to roll the deception. That was just it's the straight-up truth. It just framed like I didn't have anything to do with it. Now, you did forget one moment in the crowd when somebody shoved a letter into your hand. Oh, yeah. I forgot about my little letter, even though it's literally in front of me. So someone snuck me a letter that said, Meet at the Wayward Tide, Fourth Wharf Blue Sails. This was shortly after you got down from the church, right? Yeah, this was uh, when I was sneaky boy in the crowd. Well, well, well yeah. We'll, we'll get to a little more of that. I'll talk about the ship once uh, they tell their story, because it's kind of all happening towards the Well, I think you end. forgot to mention a very important reason of why you got out, Scott Free, is because you used a very important tool at oh, your yeah. disposal. There was, so if, if you remember, we have the fate points, which are basically given to us for best of the best role play. And uh, I had one, and I rolled a one on stealth, I think, at yes. one point. Your and descent I was like, from the church was a one yeah. initially. And Karen was like, fake point, fake point, fake point, fake point, like just saying it over and over. And I was like, <laughs> you're right. I, this is the moment I've been waiting for. So I fake pointed that, and then I got like... You traded a one for a 19. It was beautiful. Which was a 29 altogether. <laughs> so it instantly became like... The highest possible thing I could get without being a nat 20. Uh. And that did kind of set the pace because, uh, unlike you, fate did not escape the church unnoticed and it set up a lot of conflict for him. Yeah, it was basically like pure rolls because I rolled some sixes for stealth, but it's that's still a 16. <laughs> like, my stealth is insane. You rolled a two and still beat the guard's perception roll. He's like, hey, what's up, fellas? <laughs> but yeah, I think that's where I'm going to leave off for me. Uh, and now I'm going to pass it on to, uh, let's say, evens for Big Boy Chungus, odds for Karen, your name. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's Big Boy Chungus. Rolled an eight. All right. So as I'm coming down from the Cathedral Tower telling Money Haver about the weight of my sins... Um, 
all of a sudden there's people pointing fingers and screaming because there's now this demonic figure who, let's just be honest, he might as well have had those big old spotlights from the 20th Century Fox logo <laughs> shining down on him. And Karen's he character would... was also screaming and pointing to blend in. <laughs> yeah, Karen's character who came down first on their own klutziness, I guess. Yeah, they just assumed she fell out of the tower. Yeah, you had, she actually had people helping her because they thought, oh no, you poor person, you fell out of the church. <laughs> um, and just to, to save face, she, along with all these other preachers, or uh, not, not preachers, priests and Clergy civilians and, and clergymen, they're all just yelling and pointing at me. And I'm like, it's because I'm red, isn't it? <laughs> um, but so yeah, so I managed to make it wasn't too great, but it was a decent enough stealth roll where I try and just move with the crowd to get out. Well, I think the big thing, you didn't pass a stealth check until after you made it through, but because you got so much attention, people were trying to avoid you. Right. So the crowd was parting like the Red Sea as people uh, wanted to keep away from this dangerous demonic thing that has appeared in front of our burning church. Yeah. Red Sea's nuts hot. got him. And I really hey. I really did try to like cover myself up to try and put on a little disguise, but I didn't have any of that stuff and my horns made it nearly impossible. So while Money Haver is sneaking his way through like he's Batman from Gotham City. Swear to me! <laughs> I'm having to play this a little bit more cautiously. So I try my best to get out of the, the public eye. So I dip into an alleyway, which I did succeed. I didn't really draw any attention from there. So no guards or other civilians followed me. And I figured that there'd be more traffic at the larger gates out of the other parts of the city. So when I learned... Was it a perception check that told me there were other gates that were mm-hmm. smaller that led out of the same areas? It just a, yeah. Basically yeah. a perception history check on so, the city. Unfortunately, they were not as devoid of people as I had hoped. There were a handful of guards that were still watching these gates. And some people who, were, who weren't able to get out of the larger gate but thought it would be faster to use a side gate were still there as well. So... Naturally, the the first thing that goes through my mind is, ah, oh, crap, please don't let me have to blast my way out of here. Which We thought for sure you were going to lightning bolt through some citizens. I was waiting for the body count. That was always my plan B. <laughs> and even though that was the first thing that popped into my mind, I said, okay, I can't, I'm a chaotic good character. If I kill too many more people like I did in the church, I might as well make this a chaotic evil character, despite the fact that he's a sorcerer and a folk hero. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that background. Yeah, that to change. <laughs> that so, might be redacted. So I, I'm sitting there Folk kind of... to demons, maybe. Mm-hmm. Jeez. I'm, I'm sitting in the shadows looking at the situation. I'm like, okay, what do I have at my disposal? So I'm looking through my spell sheets, and I decide, okay, let's try and use some of that demonic deception and in, uh, uh, intimidation that I've hardly ever used in this run. So I come up with this plan where I cast Thermaturgy on myself... And I decide that I'm going to use this spell to increase the volume of my voice. And I don't know why I said it, but I was trying to put the fear of God in these people. So I basically said, move, mortals, your God is here. Uh, I mean, the church is burning. You know, maybe something like that would scare the crap out of them, but it didn't work. Unfortunately, your intimidation roll was a grand total of a seven. Yeah, it was. The armed guards were not intimidated by the mostly dead tiefling running at them. So I'm like, crap, that didn't work. <laughs> Soon to be entirely dead tiefling. And I genuinely thought that, okay, now I'm going to... I was about to turn to Danny DeVito. So anyway, I started blasting. <laughs> Very close. <laughs> um, but um, but I, I, I took a second and I realized, okay, I still got a couple lower level spell slots. So I said, Is, let me see if I can try and finagle this. And so rather than just blasting, I, I cast Enhanced Self on myself. Give myself the strength of a bull. After I cast this spell as a bonus action, I leap into the air, uh, and I'm trying to jump over the first wave of people that are running towards me. Most of them are guards. Just four of them. Right. And as soon... And what I described was as soon as I touch down from jumping ten feet in the air, as soon as I touch down, I'm going to put my head down, horns first, and just try and sprint through this gate. And it almost worked. So close. Yeah, because one guard like swung at you with the uh, halberd. halberd. Yeah. And he just barely missed me. He, he it took cut. a 12 to hit you. He rolled an 11. The yeah. game showed us the roll. I was very upset by this. And people didn't like the idea of a tiefling coming down horns first, so the other civilians kind of cleared out of the way. But there was one guard up on the wall who 
got lucky with a crossbow. I don't know and, if it was luck. <laughs> well, it was luck because it was an eighteen. <laughs> it, it was lucky. It was luck. It was luck on somebody's part. But Kami, uh, why don't you explain this next part? Since I didn't really have a whole lot to do with this. So ever since our second session, I have known that fate was on a one-way trip to death, and I had enough room in his backstory that I thought I could play with the character and make things a little interesting. Plus, he's our favorite meme. Yeah, we can't let the meme die. He is the face of this show. Yeah, that's true. We open and close the podcast with his catchphrase. We can't get rid of him just yet. Um, Plus, I'm not done toying with him. So what I decided was that as this crossbow bolt slams into his chest, when he finally does die, like we all knew he was going to eventually, (laughs) that the djinn that uh, originally saved him ten years prior uh, is not quite done playing with this particular mortal. Karen, do you want to tell us the emotions that went through your body? I feel like we're mansplaining this whole thing. So, (laughs) Were you excited to hear about the genie? I mean, yeah, I was. We... She and I were, like, halfway down our seats, like, it's the genie. Yeah, I (laughs) think, like, as soon as... The genie's real! Yeah, Yeah. before he even spoke, I went... I I went, ain't never had a friend like me. (laughs) Well, I mean, like, it was kind of funny, because you were, like, and you get hit for your exact amount of damage, and you hit zero, and, like, I think we looked at each other, like, instantly, me and... Gaddick, and we were like, oh no. And you were then, in the bathroom when he died. Yeah, you were in the bathroom when the yeah, crossbow you, bolt hit. I delayed everything for you to get to experience the whole thing. explained it, and then like you started continuing with the like, and you died. And then we looked at each other when he was like, but wait, there's more. And we like looked at each other and we're like, we know it's about to happen. Yeah, we knew <laughs> We've been waiting. Coming. We knew it was the gin. So, uh, Suddenly, as fate's knees are going out from underneath him, and things are going black, and death has finally come for him, he feels surging pain in the side of his face and in his left eye, and uh, he hears a whispering voice in the back of his head say, I'm not done with you yet, mortal. You still have uh, things to do for me. And uh, he's suddenly reinvigorated back up to one health point, catches his feet, and continues to bulldoze through that crowd into safety in the next ring of the city. Um, yeah, so I, I, I myself was shocked. I thought for sure this is where Faye was going to die. Um, but I picked up, and so that's one wall of the city down and about at least two more to go. So I get to the next wall, and it's the same situation, just with more people, because this is, was it the business district or the... Yeah, this is the train. You've, uh, that first wall got you into the noble district. The noble district leads into the business district. So, so there's only one more wall to clear. Right, and so... Um, it's same as before, just with more people this time, because this is a more populated area. Um, and again, I'm like, okay, I can't do what I just did again, because I'm, I'm even weaker than before, and I don't want to risk anything that is going to cause harm. So I start asking the DM questions like, okay, what, what's in my general vicinity? What can I work with? What are the buildings like? Is there anything on the street that I could use? And I'm looking through my sheets. I'm frantically flipping through like, okay, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? And I notice... That because of my character's background and his stuff, I have proficiency in animal handling of all things. Which you would not think a sorcerer would have that. No, no. Because he's weirdly built. You are weirdly built. Um, But I do. Um, And I say, are there any carriages on the street? And you go into great deal that this is the noble district. And there are several iron and gilded chariots that have been abandoned. By people trying to flee the area. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I explained to you this plan where, okay, here's what I want to do. I want to, if there's any guards around, I want to sneak. But I want to try and get on top of a carriage. And I want to do an animal handling check to try and get control of a group of horses that are connected to a carriage. And I want to just juggernaut my way through this wall. Hopefully not killing anybody. Hopefully but, they'll get out of the way. But I even said, I said, at least I'm not blasting anybody. Um, and you know uh, your standards are low when outright murdering people is like the step up. Well, yeah, you know, when mass murder is like expected, <laughs> there's something amiss. But uh, but so yeah, I want to use the horse to get through the wall. But because I'm a good guy, I want to at least give the people enough of a heads up to try and get out of the way. So I cast thermaturgy on my voice again, three times louder, and the, the I literally say move. Uh, um, 
Oh, I say, uh, get gone or get trampled. Here comes fate. <laughs> and I, I told the DM, I said, I say this to give the people at least a 30-second heads up. Because I would think that'd be enough time to hear something, turn around, and then make the split-second decision of get out of the way or stay where you are. And it was mostly enough. Um, a couple of guards tried to intercept, but uh, when faced with the prospect of charging horses and a carriage out of control, they quickly decided that in front of the carriage was not the place to be. Um, you did break a couple of limbs and hit a couple of people. But uh, alive. Nobody died. I did roll, and nobody died from your harem scarum attempt. Uh, some guards tried to stop the horses by shooting at them with crossbows, and one horse got hit with a crossbow bolt. It was not, however, enough to even slow the horse's charge. It only ticked the horse off, uh, urging it on to greater speeds. The best way I can explain this scene, it's like the Jim Carrey Grinch movie where he's coming down the mountain with this massive sleigh of stolen goods and he's just like, Dad, move it! Get out of the way! That was it, yeah. <laughs> um, That's the second live-action Grinch movie reference you've made today. It's a, I like it, okay? <laughs> Say what you will, I like Jim Carrey's performance. Benedict Cumberbatch was the greatest Grinch of all time. No. Don't unsubscribe. That was a joke. <laughs> that was, I swear that was a joke. The um, only Grinch movie worth watching is the original. What? So we, I, I get through the business district, and I just managed to keep control of the horses from running or throwing me directly into the river. And I start running parallel with the river trying to see what's going on. Because it's pitch black at this point, but I have night vision, so I can see a little bit. And I can tell that there's no way, much like Money Haver was able to get out through the river, that there's not really a chance that I'm going to be able to run directly out of the city. So I opt to jump from the moving carriage into the river, which thankfully didn't take too much strength or dexterity to land properly. It is a big river and therefore very hard to miss. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I'm in the river safely. And if you'll remember from the last podcast, I did a little trick where... Uh, I went back to the sewer because this is familiar territory, the, the sewer exit from earlier. and I That'd be a good place to, to pause, actually. Mm -hmm. Yep, because there's somebody waiting for you at that sewer, but we need to get to them. Right, so I'm at the sewer. I'm at least safe, but not home free, and I'm going to turn it over to Oliver's character. Oh, I was the vanilla one again. Because I just ran at walls and jumped over them. But you played I think you so were kind well. of between each of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In in your play style today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You you were you were ahead of me most of the time, but you were behind Money Haver. Yeah, I just I basically walked through the walls. I was just out of there. You had no issues whatsoever. Yeah, but you had very interesting character interactions, and I was just like, I'm gonna. Yeah, I really liked talking to the merchants. <laughs> You had some fun RP this time, I think. Yeah, I love the RP. It's my favorite. But yeah, after um, seeing Fate descend and pointing and screaming like the rest of everyone, because, you know, I thought that was a pretty good cover, uh, I went to a less populated area and started climbing some walls, miraculously got over them, because every other roll was a one. You were alternating ones or 19s and 20s. Yeah, you were yeah. like rolling with proficiency and you would roll a one and a two. And you did that like multiple times, roll the one yeah, and she, two. Yeah, she did an advantage with a one and two. An advantage and with almost, a three and a four. Yeah. I mean, your advantage rolls were absolutely some of the worst I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but then it was like, well, we'll see if you can get over the wall or we can see if you can do the strength check, but it's going to be super high. But, you know, I ended up working out, so I just climbed up over each wall, ran out, stealthed my way over to the river. And my original idea was, like, let me get in the river, swim down, but there was that um, net there to stop smugglers and everything, so... So the, the gates uh, over the river have a hanging iron chain uh, net that goes all the way down into the mud beneath, and that seals the entire thing off, so you can't just swim under the gate. Uh, there's a reason they've got those gates there. They don't want people coming and going, and they're pretty thorough about that. Yeah. So after discovering that and, you know, doing all the parkour in the world, I was like, you know what? I think I'm probably pretty tired. I'm just going to crawl back to the sewer. And that's where I sat for a while. <laughs> You were the, actually the first one to reach your kind of final destination on that one. Yeah. Um, I was the first one out of the city, though, because I'm a god. <laughs> it's true. 
Well, you just have god. <laughs> le- you just have god level stats. I rolled so well today. You rolled. There was one time you almost rolled a thirty. Yeah, twenty nine on stealth. Beautiful. But um, so you actually crawled into the poop chute and uh, were waiting there when fate finally arrived and did his little uh, air yeah. surge up. Doing his splashy and that was, splash. I'm, I'm, yeah, you heard him coming. You readied an action with a dagger. And I'm glad <laughs> that I did the prestidigitation um, tempestuous magic thing because had I just tried climbing up, I'm fairly certain I would have gotten a dagger to the head. Oh, and I did we mention, like before we all split up, I told him to meet me at the river. I don't think we mentioned that. But that's why everyone went to the river. Yeah, well, well, you, you said that yeah. our original goal was to get to the river, jump in, cast fog, and then float out. Yeah, but you guys didn't know my plan because I all I said was meet at the river. Um, and I waited on the bridge for a little bit. Then I was like, nah, and I left. <laughs> well, to be fair, your either you or your character did say that one way or another I'm getting out of the city with or without you guys. Yeah, I said that early on. Oh, like like session one. Yeah. But he loves you guys now. Um, and at that point, when you were on the bridge, you had that letter in hand. So you did yeah. have a, a goal in mind. I probably would have stayed there longer if I didn't have the note. But, um, so Fate and Oliver had reconvened in the poop shoot. Yeah. And we start kind of going back and forth over this plan. Like, okay, can we can we cut a hole in the, do- the, the giant door with some carpenter tools that Oliver had? Can we try... You know, going underneath the the net and teleporting, but that wouldn't work because I can't see past the door. We came up with a couple other ideas, and then finally we just said, "Let's just look at our inventory." And I noticed that I have a dungeoner's kit, and I look it up, and it turns out that I have pitons or pittons for dungeon climbing. And I said, "Oliver, you have any rope?" And she said, "Yeah, I got two of them." Yeah, because she had. Oh, hey, I meant to ask for my rope back. I didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's no, you're sa- not getting it it's back. The same That's ro- my rope now. You can all have some rope. It's okay. <laughs> it's, it's the same rope that we used to climb down from the cathedral. When Oliver got down, He we, we had to tie two sets of rope together because the cathedral is 100 feet tall, and each rope is only 50 feet long. So she had, or he, whatever, had two. My grapple is an insane 100 feet, which I did yeah. not expect. I was thinking it'd be like 40 but no, it made it so easy. Um, <laughs> it did. And, and I messed up. <laughs> and so I, I came up with the idea, because we've got one character who's super strong but can't see, and then I can't see, but I have negative statistics and strength. And I just told him, I said, hey, look, if I give you these pittons and you take your rope, can you create a rope climbing apparatus so that we can get up the, the door? Because, I mean, it's made of wood. I can't <laughs> blast it with lightning bolt because it's super thick, but it should be soft enough that you can just hammer in some pitons and get us over the door. And, and, and thankfully Oliver had proficiency with carpenter's tools as well, so I gave a little advantage there. And then what happened after Oliver put all those little things up for you? So Oliver <laughs> Oliver is doing awesome. He's just he looks like John Rambo or one of those other action movie stars who were just climbing up walls and sticking metal bits into it's as hard Running surfaces. a beautiful rope apparatus and looking. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Meanwhile, my half-blind, half-dead character is just kind of looking up like, yeah, that looks really great. Yeah, I can <laughs> climb that. And then uh, what'd you roll to climb that, buddy? Uh, it was a seven, but since I have a negative, it was a six. <laughs> <laughs> so fate can't crawl up He couldn't this. even get on the first one. Yeah, I guess, Wasn't I, it on advantage because of the mm-hmm. pittons with the... It was yes. a crit fail and a seven were the things. No, that, it was a, yeah, it was no, a crit it was, fail it was a seven. crit, yeah. 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 It was a crit fail. So you couldn't climb up, so I had to literally scream down, tie it around your waist, I'll lift you. And I have, like, barely any health left because I fell off half the distance from the cathedral because, you know, the rope had to break while I was going down. No, just it untied itself. Untied itself. You know, while I was going down the side, it was just like, Man, I'm going to untie myself. So, hoist fate up, and then, we're, yeah. With your miraculous athletics checks. And then there was there was some non-character arguing about how we were going to get down the rope. Um, but we eventually came to the decision that, you know what, can you just lower me down with the rope, and then you can just climb down on your own? Yeah, I... I lifted him up the one side and I was like let me just lower you and it's gonna be fine <laughs> yeah they were gonna thunder step but that would have called attention to where they teleported from right well well the thing that I was thinking about was that when you teleport with thunder step it creates a loud noise where you were 
and then you appear within 90 feet of that 90 feet that you can see in range. So while everyone was looking where the thunder was coming from, we could have been on a dock or in the water somewhere not being looked at. Yeah, I mean, thunder coming from the sky isn't unusual anyways. I mean, <laughs> Especially on that night. I was going to say, that's the Jesus. least weird thing that whole day. I yeah, I mean, think... those people just watched, like, the cathedral <laughs> collapse. Yeah. Lightning struck the cathedral and it exploded. So okay, thunder would have more... been... Pretty appropriate. Which one of you meatheads summoned Asmodeus to our plane of existence? I want to know right now. Because we just got struck by lightning twice. <laughs> I just saw a demon coming out of the sky claiming that he had sin weight or something. Yeah, and you guys like tried to roll stealth, but a dog saw you like right away. Yeah. You guys nothing. It was such a non-issue because once you guys were not on the wall... Once you were on the ground or in the water, nobody cared. Just as long as they didn't see you, like, coming out of the city. Yeah, the merchants were like, you guys are swimming in poop. You're idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Um, uh, this is the part where we kind of kicked back over to make yeah, money have Maybe though. we should cut over to me, because I was just wandering around the docks, because I rolled a one for perception, and I couldn't find where I was supposed to be going. Uh, but remember, I intentionally pulled my mask off so I could be noticed, because I had a feeling that the note was given to me by my manservants. Mm. And it was... The note was not given to you by the manservant. It was arranged by my manservants. That. Uh, and then, uh, tell, tell, you, you tell, I want you to do the little voice. <laughs> I don't even know if I can do it right anymore. Too much pressure. Oh, um, so, as, as he's... That was horrible. That was, that was not even remotely That like was it. so bad. <laughs> so, as, uh, as McMoney Havers wandering blindly through these docks. Um, he's finally stopped by the manservant who recognized him and was like, excuse me, sir, we're back here, three wolves. Uh, and show, <laughs> just straight up picks up like he's been serving him for years, which he has, um, and takes him right back to this incredibly upper crust, fancy guilt ship. <laughs> like, the captain's quarters have been entirely redone to look like uh, Nick Money Haver's bedroom from a hall. I'm All his things boy, are here. The ship's actual name is uh, the Gaddick. Um, Ooh, that's my <laughs> character's name. Special boy. Um, so you know he's got servants waiting for him in a bath, clothes, the whole nine yards. And this Just, was the part that almost made you spit coke onto the floor <laughs> because I, I told one of my manservants I was like, uh, I need you to keep an eye out for a tiefling. And and a twink. <laughs> I was like, a twink, sir? And I was like, yes. <laughs> By the way, I, I should probably say that while Oliver and I were atop the door, his character said something that made me question his gender. I couldn't tell if that was legit or not, but now my character thinks that there may be more to Oliver than what either we first noticed or realized. So I'm like... They're like, uh, what, what did they say to me? What That made me say the next thing. Um, compatriots of yours, sir. And I was like, yes, but let me tell you something. I like pulled it in close and I was like, do whatever the tiefling wants. Do not aggravate the tiefling. <laughs> All right? The, don't aggravate the tiefling. Because he's just been like nonchalantly committing mass murders and stuff. <laughs> I thought he asked you, it's like, asked do we need to take care of these people or are they your yeah, friends? Yeah, he asked oh, yeah. if they were Sorry. friend or foe, basically. And I was like, they're friend, but you do not upset that tiefling. <laughs> he will sink this boat. <laughs> you are nice to me, but you are not nice to, to fate. And yeah, oh, I talked about him behind his back a lot in this session. I told a merchant he was destroying the city. I told my manservants like he's crazy. Just give him what he wants. <laughs> I'll control him. Just I'm don't upset just, him. I'm yeah, that's what I said. I was like, if he does anything, I'll deal with him. Just beat you. <laughs> and so off goes uh, the manservant's name is Fiedrich. Friedrich Hohenstaufen. Describe him for us. He's a precious boy. Oh, he's, he's perfect. <laughs> um, he's a tall, slim, balding fellow um, with the most majestic and waxed of mustaches. Uh, a mustachio so well waxed that in a pinch it could be used as an improvised weapon. Yeah, I think I said that you could do pull-ups on it or something. Yes, and that is not inaccurate. Um, 
And you're the only one who could get away with doing pull-ups on his mustache. Um, and obviously dressed nicely in high-end livery. And um, and then off he went to go find this random tiefling inhuman in this huge group of people. And then you were so mean to him. I was. <laughs> but to be fair, first thing... My character's almost dead, <laughs> and I profusely apologized afterwards because I said, look, I know you're just doing your job. So I guess we should go back to their story. I think we should yeah, you just sat in a bathtub till the end of the session yeah, almost. Was, my character has won at a bath since the beginning because if you'll remember back to... Session one. Yeah, session one, and he had to crawl through the sewer, and he was like really upset about it, and then immediately everyone was like, let's go back in. And he was just mortified to have to go back into the sewer. But that sewer moment was what got you the fate point, and you probably wouldn't have made it back to your bubble bath if you didn't wade through sewage. I didn't even know fate points existed when I got that fate point. I was was like, ooh. I like the fate point system. I also really enjoyed being able to play Friedrich today, because... The uh, continually calling everybody disgusting on the sly was fun. You're just pushing people to the side. Excuse oh, me, sir. Might I recommend that you avail yourself of the bath <laughs> and some fresh clothes, perhaps? I loved him. Oh <laughs> my rude. goodness, I loved him. But uh, yeah, he he did come up to you guys. I think it's about time to get to that because mm-hmm. yeah, we separated. Because... Yeah, you left to go get a drink, and you told him to stay put and keep an eye out for me, and then he immediately wandered off. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. and I was playing. I was trying to get in the mindset of someone who is exhausted and half dead, and, half blind, and basically all I heard was "Stay here, look for money haver." I'm like, okay, I guess she's giving me a choice. I'll go look for money haver. Uh, so, off fate wandered to go find Money Haver, and thankfully, tieflings are distinctive because Friedrich found him pretty quickly. Yeah, almost immediately. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then you were really rude to him. You were like, do your job. Just you want, go find Oliver. He, well, yeah, he was he was looking for me. He says, excuse me, are you the one called fate? I said, I don't know. Am I knocking at your door? <laughs> um, and I, I, that was the last time I would do that for the evening because I felt like I was, I was running the, I was killing that meme, so I let <laughs> it be. And he said, Mr. Moneyhaber is requesting your assistance on the Gaddick. Yeah, and you were like, of course, that's the name of his boat. <laughs> He's like, he has a boat. Mini, actually. <laughs> um, and then he started asking about where Oliver was, and I got miffed that he was asking all these questions that I didn't really know the answer to. So I snapped at him, said he needed to do his job, and... I, and, and so mean. I, in character, I even went through the motions, I... I shook my head really fair or really fast, and I started, you know, trying to get whatever voices were going through my head out. That's how good a guy you are in real life. You felt guilty because your fake character was mean to this lifeless NPC. Yeah, after no. you were like reaming him for it, you're so mean. You're so you're mean. So mean. To well, fake's fate's chaotic. Body. Good, and I was trying. I was trying to establish with this final chapter that you know there is some good in him. So I thought, okay, I just bit this guy's head off for doing what he's supposed to be doing. I can't let it stand like that. So I profusely apologize up and down, and with a successful charisma check, he quickly accepts the apology. You're just lucky he could have bitten you in half. <laughs> I, I imagine his character sheet is just like. Friedrich, Incredible. Friedrich is not just like a butler. He's like a bodyguard. He's like the subtle, low-key, even Gaddick doesn't realize Alfred, how he should, Alfred this Pennyworth. Is. He should be like the... Uh, it's <laughs> Batman and Alfred's body. He like. should be like the mortal form of the god of servitude. <laughs> um, <but so laughs> you're, you're not that special, McMoneyhaver. <laughs> you don't have that much McMoney money. McMoneyhaver feels like he's that special. <laughs> he so, certainly does. Uh, I point the butler... To where Gaddick is, I said he's getting drunk in Gideon, a bar. Not Gaddick. Oh, sorry, yeah, Gideon. He said, "How might I know him?" And <laughs> you didn't know what Oliver well, looked like. Well, no, no, you couldn't they, remember. They did. I didn't. So I had to ask um, <laughs> Karen and said, "What does your character look like again?" And she described that you know I, I basically dress like a ranger, except instead of a bow, I've got a big old scythe. And so she said, what does this person look like, sir? And I said, look for the rangers pretending to be the Grim Reaper. Very good, sir. <laughs> and I start heading towards the boat, and I look up, and it's big and blue, and it's got gilded letters. And I said, of course, he's got his own ship. Of course. <laughs> Many. Many ships. Ship boy. Uh, so uh, Friedrich did go into the bar and collect a, uh, an Oliver Gideon, who was doing his best to get drunk. 
Yeah, I mean, you what? rolled a twenty on your con check to see if you got drunk. You didn't even I get drunk. Yeah. You didn't even get drunk. You no buzz, nothing. After <laughs> slamming like a trifecta of brandy, yeah. rum, and and whiskey, it, it was it was a stein full of a Long Island iced tea. As the three horsemen of the apocalypse, you didn't even taste the alcohol. I bet. <laughs> It was just if it just tasted like water going. Down. You chugged it and said, "You got anything stronger?" And the bartender got really concerned. <laughs> I'm really concerned for your liver. Yeah. Oh, but oh, I love the the servant Friedrich. And he's just pushing people out of your way to get you out of there. Yeah, because he just comes up and he's like, "Hey." You wouldn't happen to be out of a Gideon, would you? And I think I was just like, "Yeah, what's up." Um, and so, of course, Friedrich takes Oliver back to the boat. And yeah. The cutest... Oh, I love him. I can't even get over it. Like, him pushing people out of the way, like, so sweetly, and yet, like, yeah. just shoving them with no... F- oh, I love him. And, and while he's headed back with them, fate enters my room after I finish my bath, and I'm just like... What happened to you, bud? And you have to remember, during this whole ordeal, we've been running around mostly in pitch black... And when we were in light, I was never in a situation where I could immediately see my reflection. So at this point, I just know and that I've Nobody's got a... looked at you in full light, except for um, Friedrich, who like has no idea what you looked like before. Yeah, yeah. so he just assumed your new look was normal. Um, so Money Haver freaks out, and I'm like, do I look as bad as I feel? And what was it you said? <laughs> I was like, you look, you as, look bad. as bad as you are. <laughs> and I say, well... I feel bad. You got a mirror around here, and you say, "Yeah, over there." Because it's, it's a it's a wealthy man's cabin yeah. bathroom, so of course a wealthy self absorbed man's cabin. Yeah, yes, so I look much. in a mirror. But he has friends now, so I'm happy. And I don't freak out because this doesn't really surprise me, but I do get really disappointed, and I'm like, "Ah, oh, crap." So when Fate experienced that searing pain and lost his left eye, it was replaced with an all black orb with a white symbol suspended in it that falls around his other eye, kind of like a glass eye would be. And uh, now he's got scorching and scar marks all around his left eye socket and side of his head. I don't know yeah. if you actually explained like how that all... Like I know you explained what the gin said and everything, but yeah. not the yeah, scorching. Yeah. Well, when you saw, when you looked over and saw, I did say that the side of his face burst into flames yeah, after the sheets pro- before. Jimmy's for the podcast. Okay. Oh, apologies. Um, I thought I said something about that. The, no, the sudden I, searing pain. You know in his what? Left I, don't eye. Really, I don't really remember. I think left. I don't remember, dude. I, I, I did mention the pain in his left eye, but I'll I'll, I'll clarify when uh, when the gin decided to take mercy on on fate. Um, he took his left eye as payment and re- in that sudden burst of flame replaced it with a little something to remind him of uh, he owes him a debt and he's got a job to do. Is he yeah. going to get disadvantaged on ranged attacks now? Um, thankfully he hasn't tried to make one of those so hopefully we'll be okay. Yeah, because I was reading something earlier about a guy who lost vision in his eye in D&D and he had disadvantage on certain types of attacks and it's, stuff. It's because when you actually do lose your vision in one eye you, you lose depth perception. Yeah. So I think that's fair. We'll see what happens. Uh, I'm I'm not gonna go too overboard with that. Um, Character's already pretty handicapped, but <laughs> yeah, that strength uh, skill isn't helping. Yeah, but his AOE magic kind yeah. of helps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so, I, I, I you don't seen... have to hit your target if you can destroy a whole city block and <laughs> yeah, <one> exactly. <laughs> I'm like a shotgun. You don't have to be accurate because just point in the general direction, mm-hmm. it's gonna die. But um, yeah, so the the gin did take a payment, and that was what the gout of flame was that Oliver saw. Well, uh, I was when, sitting on top of a when, wall. When fate got shot. Um, so that gave uh, Gaddick McMoney have a small heart attack to see his compatriot scarred with a, a brand new funky looking eye. Um, it's about at that point, as you guys were yeah. recapping for each other, that's when Oliver rejoined the party. Yeah. Yeah, and you guys got to eat and drink and... I would, you weren't allowed to have any of my drink, which was like clear scale something, mm-hmm. uh, which is Gaddick's favorite drink, and it's basically just lizard folk vodka. <laughs> it's like, you can have anything you want to drink except my favorite. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> it's just weird, and I love it. And, and then there was some character catching up, like Fate, you know, put his mean demeanor aside, and he apologized to Oliver and McMoney Haver. And just apologized and things said, look, I'd probably be dead way longer than I am right now. And you guys 
help me with that. I'm, I really appreciate that. Yeah, even Gaddick was even the one to start the the, the little the emotional session. Yeah, which was really unusual. But you guys are his first them. friends ever, so. And, and fate is, you know, fate respects him a little bit when he's still a little uneasy but the main reason why he likes him is because he's the first person in 24 hours who hasn't actively tried to kill him or throw him in jail <laughs> hey even even oliver held a knife ready to throw it at you that's so. true i didn't think about that and i, I already I, I didn't say this on the podcast but i also had an individual i had a moment a little bit with money haver on his ship before oliver arrived and then when we were on top of the wall oliver i or when we came off the big door uh, I had a moment like that with Oliver, but it was very brief. So, you know, Because we had to find the, the Gaddick. We had to find yeah. him. We were worried about him. Yeah, so, so Fate's starting to warm up a little bit. One of his things is, is that he has a hard time trusting allies, but now that, you know, they've saved his life and he's saved theirs, there's, there's a little bit more trust built up, and he just wanted to let them know that, hey, it's okay. I, I'm sorry and thank you. I'm All just it cost was the lives of everyone in that cathedral. I'm just going to say in his this. left eye. You should trust us, especially Oliver, because he's been lifting you up the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Put the team on your back. But basically bit. they let us stay on the boat, clean us off, but then the butler was like, yeah, the situation with you and your father has not changed Make money, Hever. You have to leave now. This was just a uh, a brief bailout, as <laughs> yeah. it were. It's and not I, exactly what you called it, but you can't call it what, <laughs> what you called it on the podcast. And I proceed to ask, okay, does this constitute as a long rest? And you said yes. Yeah. And then I screamed yes because finally you clapped, and it was like really loud, and you scared everyone because finally yeah. I was above single digits in health. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you have been single digits for quite some time. I need to start just hanging back being the spellcaster because I feel like for... You mean playing your class? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Today you were mostly 1 HP and before that, dead. <laughs> 7 HP, 0 HP, 1 HP. Oh my goodness, I absolutely loved it. Uh, but yeah, then we all got off the boat and now we're just kind of living our lives as best friends. Yeah, well, well. Maybe, we'll see. It might be a long time before we see their adventures again because we're rotating Dungeon Masters. But Karen's I greatly look forward next. to the next installment. Yeah, because oh. we're going we're to do Karen's campaign next, or at least, because hers is a 1 to 20, and I guess we're probably going to take breaks within that. Yeah, of course, whenever you guys yeah. want to. And then we're going to start Waterdeep with Big Boy Chungus. And I'll probably have a one-shot in there. All mine are one-shots, basically. I just, I think this was a very stressful, like, can't, like session. Not because, like, oh, I'm stressed. It was just, like, we separated the party and we were all like, oh, no, this is terrible. I, <laughs> yeah, I but I really liked it. That, but it worked out extremely well for me. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I clarified to Kami earlier. I said, I do not want to see Fate dead. I love Fate. We all love Fate. But I am... Totally understanding with your roles as the DM that if fate bites it because of previous decisions, then that's what happens. And I, he, he genuinely threw me for a loop when he said the gene or the gin came comes in and gives me a second chance. I'm like, oh, the meme still lives. <laughs> you just I, scared me when you no. slapped the table. No, I like. It looks it like though. you scared audacity too. <laughs> I out. liked this because I felt like everything was high stakes, high stress, and it was kind of like. You know, yeah. coming up to the climax of the story where we had to get out and everything. And, and our HP was so me. low. If we would have got cornered, we probably would have died. Yeah, yeah probably. I so I, I did want some, some fear in the mix. It makes you feel a little bit better when you've succeeded, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, can you imagine if Fate, with that one hit point before he's even halfway out, Died a second time. Oh, I had a so, plan for that. Yeah, I was. I was well, you're, tell him your plan for that. Well, so the djinn has given him a second lease on life, um, and the djinn doesn't really care about what circumstances he's in. He's a, he's given him another shot and given him a job to do in exchange for uh, that saving of his life. Um, but if fate had died <laughs> immediately after getting resuscitated by the djinn, he'd have been like. Forget it. You're useless to me. I'm going to keep your soul for eternity as my plaything. Yeah. Even though, let I'm a sorcerer, me down. even though I'm a sorcerer, I very quickly became a warlock. <laughs> <laughs> this is less of a magical sugar daddy and more of a magical, I don't know. Boss. <laughs> yeah, lone shark. Yeah, yeah I like that, lone shark. By the way, don't forget to sacrifice three babies at the end of the month or else you're fired. <laughs> 
Yeah, but now I think we can get to the part where you tell us, Kami, everything we did wrong and everything we missed. <laughs> this is in a the roast. Campaign. I think there's a uh, shorter list for that if he just told us what we did right. Yeah, I don't think Nothing. I don't think he's going to tell us who actually killed the archbishop because I think it might go into something later for you. There'll be some things that I'll I'll leave out, um, but again, I don't know how soon we'll touch all this, and I'm going to kind of bank a little bit on you guys forgetting things. I'll forget. Exactly. Um, there's a lot of stuff. I don't know how long the uh, the podcast has run already. I don't want to take it too long. No, it's good, man. All right. We can do a feature-length film link if you want. <laughs> um, I'll give you the, the, the brief rundown, though. So the Archbishop was Alexander the Ninth, the guy that you supposedly killed. Um, Alexander actually did not come to power in a very um, clean kind of way. Oh, um, I didn't know that. The the Provini, Provence is the neighboring uh, city-state, and all of the city-states have an electorate. The leaders elect their overall emperor, who has lots of power, obviously, in the country. The country's name is Almain. Well, uh, having more electors on your side, the emperor is selected from the electors. So, when an emperor dies, all the electors convene and they stick a new emperor on the throne. Hoorah! Um, Provence has been trying very hard to get one of their guys on the throne for quite a while. And so, the Provini approached Alexander when he was a young man, bribed him, got him into the clergy, all through some covert stuff, and ended up getting him into the archbishop seat so that he could uh, support Provini policies and, you know, fall in line. Whoa, this is way different than I thought. Uh, however, once Alexander did achieve power, he systematically destroyed the system that got him into the archbishop's seat to begin with, destroying most of the Provini influence in, uh, in Rothbard. Oh, stuff's starting to click together for me now that I know this. So he, Alex- said, he said, fuck you, I'm stealing it. <laughs> I'm stealing it. So, Alex- and Alexander actually was a, a very peaceable pope and very, or I say pope, sorry, archbishop, very <laughs> open-minded, not, you know, bigoted like a lot of the other church members are. Uh, the settings- Up until I came along, tieflings were allowed the city. Yeah, you, <laughs> That's you, not happening you, anymore. You like, justified their prejudice. Yeah, after, after it was over, <laughs> I told the DM, I was like, there's going to be straight up concentration camps for tieflings now, aren't there, in that city? <laughs> yeah, well, they're not going to let them in, and if they try and get in, there's going to be consequences. <laughs> um, but Alexander, as part of weeding out the prevening influence, brought on a young Aaron Birchwood to work with him. So Birchwood was kind of his underling, Operating, and that's why they were uh, siphoning funds out of the church, was to redirect it into uh, covert uh, retaliation against the Pravini. Now I do have a question. Yeah. Did Birchwood die when Tower collapsed? Birchwood is very, very, (laughs) very two-dimensional. Ooh, we didn't even talk to him. So you guys have actually... Well, we uh, did give him a ring. We gave him something. So uh, on the other side of things, Kraft Richter, that guy you found, is very much a conservative, a zealotous kind of religious fanatic and has been opposing Archbishop Alexander's policies for years. So sensing some conflict, the Pravini approached uh, Richter. And so Everard de Bracon, that guy you marked in a turn underneath the church, <laughs> was the active Pravini agent funneling money and influence for Richter. Now Richter had no idea, but... Everard was the guy who teleported you guys and faked the Archbishop's murder. So you guys murked the guy who framed you already. Yeah, I kind of... But Richter had no idea. figured that. Um, Richter had nothing to do with that. Um, he just thought the Pravini were helping him uh, undermine Alexander and were going to install him as Archbishop when Alexander inevitably bit it or was kicked out. Um, so Richter's really only guilty of scheming and being um, kind of not nice. <laughs> Kind of uh, racist. You know what? I think being left tied up on a flimsy roof was fine then. <laughs> but I'll tell, I'll tell you, you what, what I rolled on him. it, and they did save him. Richter is alive, and all of the nice, open-minded people are dead. So this city oh, is about oh. to see a drastic change we in policy. We ruined this city. <laughs> Speaking of which, whatever happened to the priest and the wizard that we left in the basement that I supposedly put Naruto seals on the doors? Yeah, they're fine. Richter went down, like, sent some guys down to get them. They're totally fine. Um, those agents were actually Pravini agents answering to Everard de Bracon. That's why they were, like, the dead people in those side rooms were used as part of the magic channel to teleport you guys. Oh, oh dang. That's like... I kind of figured. And the assassin magic. that you actually killed in the under area 
was teleported in as well at the same time as you guys, and he's the one who used your weapons and stuff to kill the Archbishop. Ah. So he was uh, he was skulking and trying to stay out of sight. Quick question, though. I didn't actually have any weapons that could scorch somebody, so how did this, the, the Archbishop get scorch marks around his body? Uh, that assassin? Yeah. He's got other magical implements, but ah. y'all, when you fried him and cooked him from the inside out, some of the stuff didn't survive. Ah, so I, I unintentionally destroyed evidence. A little bit, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so there's been a lot of money, paper trails, notes, things like that. So you remember you found Everard Dibricon's, like, note to home saying, oh, Pravini's great and stuff like that. And uh, there's some other things that y'all missed um, along the way. There were scorch marks underneath all of you when you were teleported into the Archbishop's room. So if you had gone back and followed up maybe at the inns that you had stayed in prior... You'd have been able to track some of that magic. There'd have been scorch marks underneath the beds you were occupying when you were teleported. I didn't even think to go back to the ends, dude. I know. Um, all those components down in that in Everard's uh, magical workroom for doing the teleportation spell. Um, there were other notes in there about uh, people to look for. Um, some of those. Uh, there are other agents, other things that. Had you pursued, like, going to the ends, you'd have run into some of those Pravini agents who were scouting for adventurers to use. For this kind of a heist. Or, well, framing, I should say. So, yeah, uh, the whole thing has been down to just Pravini meddling in uh, Rothberg policies. Because, uh, it's not common knowledge yet, but the Emperor just passed suddenly. <gasps> so, was it me? <laughs> yes, so, it was. So yes, da- it was. So, Debrecon was suddenly desperate to get a compliant Archbishop uh, in power so they could get some Pravini policies moving. Oh, wow. That's We didn't wild. get any of that. That's, I'm so sorry we ruined your campaign. No, you didn't ruin no, it at no, all. No, no. <laughs> we didn't ruin anything. I ruined <laughs> your campaign. Well, and you know, but and I noticed immediately when we started that all y'all's policy was let's just get out. It wasn't clear your name. It was let's get out of this city. Yeah, that was more Gaddick's thing. If they would have gotten Gaddick's identity, he would have 100% wanted to clear his name because he's rich and well-known and has a rep. But uh, if you don't know who he is... Screw these people, I'm leaving. Well, and there was no real, like, y'all never gave your names to anybody except each other. There was no other way to, you know. I'd love to have tracked y'all down with more targeted stuff, but y'all didn't really give me anything to get a hold of. Yeah. Yeah, we're good at that. I <laughs> was willing to just go with getting out of town because he's a tiefling in a church next to a dead priest. Doesn't exactly oh, mean <laughs> So, it, there you go. And there was Oliver a whole bunch of like, political machinations that y'all found yourselves in the middle of. I'm actually really surprised we didn't see a return of the automaton. You know, the automatons were used out in the city proper, but they take a long time to get moving, and they take a lot of sorcerers to operate. And hey, guess what? Citywide sorcery is really hard to do when your channel has been destroyed by a uh, <laughs> raging tiefling. <laughs> Those bells acted as a focus for a lot of the big state-level magic. They did. Past tense. <laughs> yeah. They are melted into slag. What? I want to go back. To the city? Yeah. I do not. I want the Obviously, dragon. I don't. I want the dragon. There's, so you want to tame the clockwork dragon? It was so cute. We'll make you really one, but we like are it. not going back to that city. Yeah, we will. Find I am not going back to that city. <laughs> I'm not. We uh, should go back, make some friends. I think good. Oliver and I could get away with going back. There's no way fate can go back ever. Actually, there's no way tieflings could be allowed back in that yeah. city. You, uh, unless you justified I, uh, their racism. <laughs> And then you guys all managed to make sure that the most evil and corrupt and zealous leaders ended up in power. So well done. And I We're honestly terrible. don't think Gaddick cares at all. The theocracy, I know I don't. <laughs> the theocracy has only grown stronger for your presence. That's... We're the bad guys. You are. should be thanking us. We didn't kill the Archbishop. Richter should be thanking us. Aaron Birchwood was actually going to succeed as the next Archbishop and follow some of those more moderate policies. But now you 2D'd him, so Kraft Richter's going to be the next Archbishop. Oh, no. And he's got a grudge. He he knows what you all look like. I guess he does know what we all look like. I guess you could say that the other guy got his bell rung. Oh, if he comes yeah. after us, that would actually be really fun. I would love to play that. <laughs> he is a puppet of the Provini, yeah. who now have two votes on that council. So, Oof. who now are going to decide the next emperor? Good luck. Oh, <laughs> oh boy! We just made the world terrible. All those in favor of fleeing the country, say aye, aye. 
Oh my goodness, what we've ruined your whole world. Sorry, Chungus, you don't yeah. get an eye. We've ruined everything. I still have one good one, I can still use it. Oh my goodness. Hey, you haven't ruined anything, it's just evolved. No, or we've de-evolved. ruined things, we've ruined everything. <laughs> regressed. Welcome to the Dark Ages, people. With two lightning bolts, I sent an entire civilization back to the Dark Ages. <laughs> How does that make you feel? <laughs> I mean, I'm not back in the Dark Ages. At least that one merchant guy is going to make a bunch of money. (laughs) You should have got his name. We could have been best friends. We could have been pals. We could have ruined cities for him to go sell food to after. (laughs) Actually, knowing my character, I probably would have... So basically, you're going to be the CIA top level (laughs) nations. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to introduce cocaine to the slums FBI style. Actually, that was the CIA. Oh, that was the CIA? Opium to the Chinese. Um, Oh, my word. So there you go. That was the basic... uh, plan that I had woven together for the theocracy, but uh, it turned out that y'all didn't need all the details to, to make it out. Yeah, just uh, blow up where the bad guys were, mm-hmm, except mm-hmm. to kill all the good guys and not the bad guys, and then leave. Yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, in our defense, we didn't know who was the good guy and who was the bad guy. Yeah, we did a little bit. <laughs> we kind of did, though, didn't we? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, we sort of did. We didn't dig too much deeper than the surface. Uh, we're which... terrible players. Hey, our job was to get out, and we got out, okay? I did my job, not my problem. Did fate single-handedly make the world a worse place? Yes. Yes. Oh, gosh. Is that my rich, white, human dude's problem? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, you're still allowed in the city with full rights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing has changed for me. Poor Oliver, he's probably going to be so torn after this. He's going to be like, oh no, I did a bad. But you know what, here's the thing. None of y'all's characters know any of this. This is all just your player knowledge. All you know is that you were framed and you escaped getting framed. That's what's. I feel like this is going to come back to haunt us in about two or three more campaigns down the road. You don't know. Maybe. (laughs) If there's one thing I've learned from watching and listening to other people's D&D stories is that when you got a long, connected story like this, stuff always comes back to bite you in the butt. Or take your eye in this case. Well, yeah, that one. Bite you in the side of the face. (laughs) (laughs) I have tried to incorporate people's backstories into things, so... I like it. We'll see what happens. I love it. Yeah, but, uh... That's probably good for for today. I'm actually pretty sleepy. I'm very tired. We got a long drive to get back home. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, thank you all very much for listening. Remember, you can pick up merch from our D&D campaigns and etc. on the eBay link in the description below. There's also links to donate if you want to support the show. You can check us out on Patreon, where uh, we have lots of cool stuff you can look at. Also, at B3 Productions on Twitter, and we have a Facebook page as well. All, once again, in the description. So uh, that's it. Thank you all once again. Uh, And we'll see you next time when fate knocks at your door. Gucci gang.